Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. On November the 14th, 2013. Coolidge, Arizona. Revelation, chapter 4. This is part two of our study, and uh, tonight's lesson will be lesson number three on chapter four. Let's begin with verse one, just reading it. We've already commented on it. We won't begin our comments until we get to verse five. After these things I looked, and behold, a door open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard like the sound of a trumpet Speaking with me said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in spirit and behold a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. He who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, a garment, and golden crowns on their head. Verse 5. Out of the throne came flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. We need to relish the vision that begins there in verse 3. Around the throne that had its position in the heaven, it is occupied, has not been, has not been vacated. God is still on his throne. God is not micromanaging life. God has set law in the universe for its order. And if you fall off a roof, of your house, gravity, the law of gravity will kick in. No matter whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, whether you're a little infant or an old man, it won't make any difference. The law of gravity dictates the outcome because that's a law that God has put into place. He is not going to micromanage whether or not Uh, you walk too close to the edge of the roof or not. But God's still on his throne. And it's not by itself 
There are others around that throne, and they're called 24 thrones. And by the way, some of the translations have changed the second throne to the word seat. But if you look in the original language, and I'll have I'll ask Alex if he can do that. Can you hear me okay? <clears throat> I can't tell whether I'm whispering. I can't tell. I have no sound coming into my head. We're going to hopefully get that fixed on Monday. <clears throat> Between fluid in my middle ear and fluid in my lungs and a week that starts in two weeks. <laughs> Amazing we're not functioning at all. <clears throat> I can't even. The doctors today... It looks like you have anything wrong with you. Don't feel like I do, except function and energy and those things that matter. <clears throat> anyway, uh, <clears throat> the um, if you look at those, see the words there around the throne, uh, thrones. You know, it's the same word. Now, why would they why would they change it in some of the translations? What, what translation do you have up there? Oh, that is the King James interlinear. Okay, so you see that some of the Bible just say around the throne seat, and there were upon and twenty four and upon the seats, but it's the it's thronos thronos, uh, depending on what case it's in. Uh, all the way through. It's the same word. Last last week... Uh, it does. And yet all of these is the word that's used for um, regal authority. The apostle. Yes, he did. You will sit on... Twelve thrones, judging Israel. Yeah. Probably the same word. I think it is. Um, so, <clears throat> she's wanting your attention, Alex. She's looking at you. She says, now wait a minute, Alex, you're not paying attention to me. girl is getting pretty bossy. I'm going to have to. Anyhow, <clears throat> my only point here is, is that, that all the way through here, uh, whether it's seat or thrones, the translation that I've got uses the word throne all the way through, and it does appear in this, in this case anyway to be accurate in that issue. So it's the same word, and uh, it has the idea of uh, authority, You've got it up there. What 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 did it say? Uh, yeah, because well, twenty four thrones of the, but a stately seat. So, at least the word is an equal are equals. That doesn't mean that the occupants were equal, but the thrones were uh, a stately. 
a, a place of regal authority. If you if you were to look in the um, mm -hmm. uh, deeper into the etymology of the word, why uh, word thonos, and, and and they say they haven't translated it. Uh, they have just transliterated it. It is the word thronos in the Greek, isn't it? Yeah. And all they've done is just made it uh, anglicized it and transliterated it. <clears throat> Worthy of a pontiff. Worthy of a pontiff. Sure. And did you did you see that somewhere? But that that's true because see, sometimes that word pontiff is used for Christ. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'd have to check on that to make sure. But it's used in some other places. Yeah. Yes. Well. Any other questions on that? But anyway, I think that bears it out. That the word is the same no matter how your translation has rendered it. Just remember that what, what the one on the throne uh, is sitting on is the same as what the 24 elders were sitting on as far as the word that's used in the original language. So now we have 24 thrones and 24 elders. There's all kinds of different ideas on who these 24 elders might be. I'm not going to suggest that my view is any better than their view. Uh, you have to make that decision, but I will give you what my ideas are. And I think the 24 elders uh, are um, representative of the royal priesthood. Holy and completely. Does that have some problems? Well, it may have. But let me give you the idea of where I'm getting this. <clears throat> to go back to First Chronicles. First of all, <clears throat> First Chronicles. <clears throat> First Chronicles. Chapter 24, we're on verse 4 in the notes, by the way, at the notes. First uh, Chronicles chapter 24. Oh, first... Uh, uh, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm, Proverbs. You're in the Septuagint, then. What was that? Unless you're in the Septuagint, then it's much different. <laughs> then it is different. That's true. <clears throat> so this is chapter 24. And let me just give you a little bit of background here, beginning with verse 1. We're not going to spend much time here. I just want to introduce it so that at least you have this thought, you know, somewhere in your mind. Verse 1, the divisions of the descendants of Aaron were these. Uh, the sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Uh, Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no sons, so Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests. 
And remember that Aaron was appointed as the high priest. He was the brother uh, to Moses and uh, uh, Miriam, right? Miriam? He was also, by the way, uh, I kind of hate to say this, but, you know, it's true about Aaron. When Moses was up on the, this is free. When Moses was up on the mountain, And having, having, you know, getting the law thing straightened out with God. Aaron said, you know, Moses has been gone too long. Now I'm paraphrasing. And we need a God we can see. Something visible. We need a visible God. So let's make a God... And we'll call it God, but it will be a visible God out of gold and silver. Now, that was Aaron. I may not have, uh, you know, I just, it's been a long time since I've studied that, but is that kind of how it goes? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, even though then, Aaron still became, by God's appointment, high priest. So in our text, where we are, we have that stated. Then verse 5, Thus they were divided by lot, and each and the one is the other, for they were officers of the sanctuary and officers of God. Both from the descendants of Eliezer and the descendants of Ithamar. And I found another article, Lana, I was going to bring, and, you know, in the rush of the hour, I walked off without it, on the age. I found the text. Yeah. And um, I, just, I, I just don't have it to bring it up. I had wrote, wrote it down and uh, anyway. So I'll try to do that next week. So they were divided by lot and, and now we have all of these lots and you'll notice then we skip on down to verse, verse uh, 18 because that's what we're after. The 23rd for Deliah and the 24th for Messiah. Verse 19, so there were how many? 24, 24 lots. These were their offices for their ministry when they came into the house of the Lord according to the ordinance given to them through Aaron their father, just as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. How many how many lots? Twenty four. There were 24 offices of the priesthood. These were their, what in verse 19? Offices. Offices. So each one of these persons represented an office. An office for what purpose? Their ministry. Their ministry. 
They were officers of the sanctuary and officers of God, whatever would in be entailed in that. So I'm suggesting that they are priestly, that these 24 elders are priestly in their activity and particularly in chapter 5 of Revelation in respect to harping and offering up incense. Look at that. That's Revelation 5. Notice what, what it says. 5, chapter 5, what did I say? 5, 8. <clears throat> when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one doing what? Amen. Holding a harp. Would you say holding a what? I said a lamp. I, I, did, I didn't read it right. Yeah. Well, one letter is as good as another. <laughs> or two. <laughs> Each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. These golden bowls are full of what? And the incense is representative of, would you say, Lana? The prayers of the saints. Now, when we get to chapter 5, we're going to spend some time on that. This is the part of Revelation that people like to get through real quick, but, you know, it just, it's too rich. So I'm suggesting then that the 24 elders initially here represent the royal priesthood. And if you want to get, uh, you know, First Peter, what is, what is it, First um, Peter, um, <clears throat> I think I can find it here real quick. First or second chapter? Um, okay, look at chapter 2, verse 9. This is only a suggestion. But if you were to go in some of those commentaries, you're, you're going to find that most are, most are suggesting and they may be right, that it's 12 apostles and 12 prophets or the 12 patriarchs of the Old Testament. And that isn't what it says in my mind. It's, uh, it's not talking about that. I believe that it's talking about something of a different nature, and that is because of the 24 lots he's talking about what that represented to those people to whom uh, they would know what he was talking about and who would be privy of what was going on with the fall of Jerusalem, I believe that the 24 elders are the royal priesthood. And notice 
that we might even bring that into then our age and saying in verse 9, you are a chosen race. What's the next phrase? A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people for God's own possession. These 24 elders may be representative. of the royal priesthood of first Peter two nine, written to whom? The church. To the church who were Christians. Christians, but of Jew, Jews and Jewish Gentiles. background. Yeah, mostly the Jews the yeah. letter is written to. Uh, uh, um, so that's a possibility. All right, now let's go over to let's go over to Zechariah. <clears throat> See if we can add a little bit to that. This is why, Greg, I really had a hard time uh, answering your question about what lesson to put on it because I don't, I never know how far we're going to get. Are they talking about Jacob's son? I think so. I can't see how that could be. Um, I mean, we've got one of his sons left out in the list in Revelation. Oh, no, you know, I, I'm mistaken there. Uh, the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, the 12 tribes. 12 tribes. But that would be Jacob's sons. Yeah. Still a tribe, regardless of there, what. Yeah, so... And I think that if you were to look at any of those red books down, I don't know whether we have Revelation or not, but I would I would guess that that's probably their view. Um, By the way, First Peter two nine in my in my version here uh, used race. Oh yeah. By the way, I don't know. I yeah, don't I kind of read over that because I didn't want to get too deep into that tonight. But but you see, if there is such a thing as ra- a chosen race, there's only one race of the human race, but of all the human race, if you want to become a chosen race, you have to be in Christ. That word, huh? Yeah, and I'm not sure that it's the right word to use, even in the translation, because it's the word, um, it's the same word here, a generation. It's the word, um, uh, genos, you know, um, so it's, it's probably not a good word. Oh, I'm, I'm really coming around to, to, to your way of thinking on that because it, it, it takes you off the path when you think of it in those terms. Yeah, it does. Because when I think of race, I think, you know, just, I start thinking of nationality and, 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 and skin, skin color. And, and that's, that, that you're, then you're going way off. Yeah. What? It doesn't exist in that... One race. What? One race of one man. One race. And that's, that's clear in Acts chapter 17. Right. Now keep, don't, go, don't get away from Zechariah. <clears throat> but in Acts chapter 17, <clears throat> um, 
Um, Verse 26, starting with verse 25, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. See, that's kind of a springboard for what my Tuesday night class, which we haven't used this yet, but God doesn't need you. God doesn't need me. Well, that's a different issue. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not served by human hands. He, as, as though he needed anything. I love the way that's worded. See, since he himself gives himself, gives all to, gives to all people, to all, to all, life, breath, and all things. And he made from one man, every nation of mankind. Everyone began with one origin. That's where I get that statement. That's a great teaching. I really do. I, because it's needed today, even in the churches. We ended the Civil War. Yeah. We weren't there with that. We weren't there with that. Okay. <laughs> well, it certainly directs our thinking, or it should. Yeah. Um, where, where, where is Zechariah? Chapter, uh, chapter 6. Yep, that's it, that's it. Zechariah, you know where Zechariah is? Just before Malachi. <clears throat> Zechariah 6. <clears throat> and um, we go back to verse 9. The word of the Lord also came to me, saying, Take an offering, thus and thus and thus. Now verse 11. I wanted to plug into verse 9 because this is still God speaking here, and I I wanted to pick up on that. We're not concerned about some elements here. Um, I don't want to get too wrapped up in this. This is so rich, particularly, boy, the next chapter. But let's uh, let's not go there for now. Take silver and gold and make an ornate crown. And set it on the head of Joshua. Who was whom? All right. Now we're getting the priest factor in here now. 
And in this case, Joshua, Joshua is representing that priesthood. Then say to him in verse 12, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold a man whose name is Branch. Now there is a name, if you ever have a boy coming along, Call him Branch, Branch. Not a bad name. For he will branch out. Now, why is his name going to be Branch? Branch out. Yeah. I love that. He's going to branch out from where he is. And he will build the temple of the Lord. Anybody getting the drift? Any possibilities here? So he's speaking to Joshua specifically, but he's talking about something through Joshua that's going to take place that will include verse 15 as well. Those who are afar off. Well, that's talked about in Acts chapter 2. You all who are far off. Now, that's how my teachers used to refer to me. But they meant intellectually, (laughs) off the beam. So, therefore, uh, in verse 12, Behold, a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build the temple of the Lord. Yet it is he who will build the temple. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord, for He who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne, thus he will be a priest on his throne. Oh, now there's an interesting thing. On one hand, he's on a throne which represents his what office? His kingly office. And he's he's also a priest on a kingly throne. And the council of peace, notice verse 13, the council of peace will be between the two offices. Now there's a, you could spend a long time doing a series on this little context. What? Isaiah 9. It is like Isaiah 9. Is it like you said last week? It's, he, 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 he communicates for God to the people and represents the people to God. And is, that is, is that in line with, because that's sure. in my notes. Yeah, the, the two offices, and they're all, the, the, now they're both together. What's it say? The, um, uh, and the council of peace will be between the two because on one hand, one is representing the people to God, and on the other hand, he's representing God to the people. 
On one hand, he's the prophet, and the other office is he's the priest. I don't mean to jump ahead, but I, I still doesn't. I still don't know what that means. I still don't know what, how that fits into the fact that these thrones are in heaven. Oh, I, I don't. I guess that's what you're getting to, right? Well, if, what, what I'm after to begin with here is that the uh, <clears throat> is trying to see where the thrones and the 24 elders, which represent 24 orders, 24 lots, functioning. Uh, are representative of the royal priesthood and that this verse now ties in who the high priest is and that's who? Christ. So the crown, so he will be a priest on his throne. <coughs> There's a powerful, powerful series here on the, the offices of Christ. The Council of Peace, you have to get the two together. And, and, and the throne has the 24 around it. And we have in the heavenly view then all of this being accomplished. That there is a Council of Peace between the priesthood, the prophets, and or the kingship. And the crown, verse 14, will become a minder in the temple of the Lord. Those, verse 15, those who are far off. Now, who might that refer to? Us. We'll come, we'll come and build the temple of the Lord. And I believe that's what John is seeing is the result of that. Thus you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and it will take place if you completely disobey the Lord your God. <laughs> Look at verse 12 of the next chapter. And this has nothing to do with our lesson, but you know, I got to read just two verses, one in chapter 7 and one in chapter 8. In this one in, uh, in chapter 7, verse 12. They made their hearts like flint. When Jim May, you know, remember Jim? Mm -hmm. he, he owns uh, Suntel Design in Portland. He wrote back when he found out about my heart condition. And he said, the only thing that really amazes me is that they found a heart at all. And Jackie had the same conclusion. Yeah, I think she said that over the... She did. Yeah. You sure get that a lot. I get that a lot. <laughs> well, when I was back in Downing, Missouri, the two old, the first two, no, not the first two, but two little old ladies that I baptized back there, and they were both in their 80s at the time, and we had to break through about 16, 18 inches of snow, uh, ice on a, on a pond in Missouri and break it so we could break it up enough so we could baptize them. And uh, before that, one of them, her name was Hazel. She's been gone for a long time, obviously. Uh, she'd be probably 150 now. That's pretty old. Anyway or more. And... Uh, 
she referred to me as having a heart of stone, that I would baptize him in cold water like that. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so that they, uh, they, they made their hearts like flint, so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit, or actually through his spirit, through his nature, through the former prophets, they were the vehicle, see, Therefore, great wrath came. So here you had a people who made their hearts like flint so they would not and could not hear the truth. Well, we've got to be careful about that. Now, in that's free. In chapter 5, a verse that I, I quote to Tanya quite often when we go to the park. Uh, verse, I want to read just uh, uh, 2, 3, and 5 real quick. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Zion. Yes, with great wrath I am jealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the what? The city of truth. And the mountain of the Lord of hosts will be called the holy mountain. Now, if you want anything that needs to be taught about the church, you go here to get it. But notice verse 5. When that takes place, and what we talk about probably weekly, the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls playing in its streets. That's a picture of the church, of, new, of the new Jerusalem. There's just something about boys and girls, little children playing in their swings or on the streets that just really pleases the heart of God. We need to be in tune with the heart of God. All right, back to our text in chapter 6. I'm trying to show here that this was prophetic of what we suggested in 1 Peter 2.9. He's talking here about the royal priesthood, that Christ will be a priest on a throne, filling two offices on that throne, Just some ideas. Well, let's, um, I guess we're going to have to quit here. Let's, let's go to verse 5. So, <clears throat> out from the throne come flashes of lightning, sounds and peals of thunder. Now, that's an attention getter. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. So what does a lamp do? Gives light. It makes things clear. If you walk into a house that doesn't have any lights on, what happens until you get the lights on? You're stumbling, you're tripping on things. Uh, lamps make things clear. Now remember, we talked about in verse chapter 8, verse 3, that the that which comes out of Jerusalem is going to be called, which is the church, the kingdom of God, is going to be called the what? The city of truth. That's what truth does. It brings light to the world, makes things clear so people can see 
That's the business of the church. And we have the seven lamps representative of all the truth of God lighting and making clear Seven lamps, that's completion. All of all of the truth burning before the throne. Everything known is there. They are the seven spirits of God. Now, lamps, by the way, folks, we're not suggesting that seven lamps are seven, seven separate entities. It's like, uh, like uh, um, I think it's Mark that talks about the, uh, the finger of God casting out the demon. And Matthew's account says it's the Spirit of God casting out the demon. But here we have the seven spirits of God which represent all of God's truth, everything that breaks light. That's what a lamp does. Not separate entities, but representative of everything that is right, everything that is true around God, everything that is real is with God. So you have the four, you have the throne, and you have the 24 elders sitting on their thrones representing the priesthood of God, and there's a lot more to be said on this coming up in the next chapter and then on down the line. And, uh, and then we have the four living creatures. And that we'll get to next week. Any questions? Any argument? Well, what I'm going to do with you, Alex. Okay, we'll close with prayer. Father, we are thankful tonight <clears throat> for... These moments, though brief as they may be, uh, just trying to catch the beauty of Scripture, the beauty of your holiness, the beauty of what John saw and now relates to us. And we, may we see through his eyes into heaven and see how it really is. We thank you for these moments. For each one who is here tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.